at uh, open your Bibles if you would to uh, or look on the screen here either way uh, the Psalm 100 um, looking at that today and, and some other passages that we'll be looking at uh, but starting out with uh, Psalm 100 and uh, we're continuing our sermon series today on rediscovering uh, worship talking about some various aspects of worship and uh, if you remember we've been spending well we spent the last couple of weeks looking at um, this acrostic, uh, A-C-T-X, or ACTS, and looking at adoration uh, the first week, uh, um, looking at uh, how our worship can be expressed through adoration by being re-amazed by Jesus and the things that he's done for us, uh, and then in the, in the midst of that, reclaiming that, that whole hallelujah that belongs to that belongs in our lives, it belongs in our worship, it belongs in, in, our, in our service to Him. And then last week we started, or we looked at uh, that worship also involves this attitude of confession, um, confessing our sins, confessing Him as Lord. Um, you know, we also, I think one of the things that we looked at is that confession isn't, you know, confession's not just for beating ourselves up, right? I hope we understand that. That uh, it's not what, one of the things that we have confession for. God talks about you know confession is something that we're that is so so valuable in our Christian lives. Not just one time thing, but always uh, each and every day, um, as we recognize that we need to be closer to and draw closer to Him. But it helps us to to it helps God actually to reform us and to mold us into what He wants for our lives by our, cha- our changing of attitudes and our, our minds and our thoughts and in, in terms of uh, uh, recognizing what He wants over our own priorities. It's, it's really an old, I- I- old idea, I guess. Um, not old-fashioned, but it's an old idea. It's, uh, it's this idea of giving Christ lordship over, over our lives and allowing His Spirit to, to purify us into the image of Jesus Christ. Um, look at that psalm. I just I love this here. Psalm 100, um, a psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever, his faithfulness through all generations. Um, A favorite of many of us, I think. Uh, Some of us uh, uh, have grown up with that or thought about that. You just think about all of the things that are mentioned in that psalm that talk about the the character and the, the person uh, that God is. And, um, and uh, it's, it's just something that um, Thanksgiving is an amazing thing. And we want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I want to talk about Thanksgiving. It's, the, it's that third letter, again, of the acrostic. A- adoration, confession, and Thanksgiving. And uh, now, how many of you agree that we have a lot to be thankful for? So how many of you would agree that we have a lot to be thankful for, and yet we become so preoccupied with so many other things, with, with just life, right, that we take a lot of the things around us for granted? Um, 
I, you know, I was thinking about the other day, Susan and I, several years ago, actually, it's been since we went to Honduras. And, uh, you know, I had been, before we went to, it was one of my first trips, uh, mission trips, one of our, I'd probably sing for you, um, just, uh, I was told about all the poverty that they had in Honduras, and, and I was told about the malnutrition and stuff, uh, but it wasn't until I went there. Actually, we were supposed to go to Haiti that year. But because of some unrest that was taking place in Haiti, they switched that, and we ended up going to Honduras through this, this group. Um, but anyway, I was, it wasn't until I was there, though, that I, and, and was able to see things with my own eyes that I realized how much I had to be thankful for. Um, same, same about my true uh, trip with, to Haiti. But, you know, some of the things that, you know, what, what that really did for me is just those trips, just going and visiting people or working with people that were uh, in, in such poverty and in such malnutrition, it just, it caused me to be more compassionate. Um, and, and, and it caused me to, to realize more and more, and, and I think since I've been there, it's, it's, it's happened more and more that I, I begin to see the needs of others um, and recognize that until I do, that that I'm when I stop looking at myself and how bad things that sometimes things can be. If I'm not able to see others, I don't really recognize how truly rich I am. And I'm not talking monetarily, right? Um, seeing the needs around us help us to recognize how how good we got it, and to recognize how how important it is to be thankful. Um, I think the same thing goes is it holds true for our spiritual lives until I'm able to see the spiritual poverty of the world. I simply cannot understand how blessed I am in Jesus Christ, right? And it causes me then to be more compassionate. It gives me that idea understanding that I need to be in the lives of people because of I know what God can do in people's lives. It gives me the desire to share uh, of my wealth the the uh, share of my um, uh, of who uh, who share Jesus Christ with others, so that they might have life in Christ as well as me. So let me just back up for a minute. Usually, when I think about Thanksgiving, I think about I guess I didn't put one up there. Um, I think about a nice turkey dinner, right? Because everybody knows that the only time that we really should offer thanks is the third week of November, right? I mean, that's just a given. The rest of the uh, 51 weeks of the year, we can just forget about it. I, I usually think of, the, of this turkey dinner. I think lots of potatoes. I, I think of smothered them smothered with butter and gravy and, and, of course, this huge dish of fresh green beans and a couple yams, dish of cranberry. Well, nah. I usually leave those because I, I don't think that they have any nutritional value. But for some reason, they're always there. Every year, cranberries are there. But anyway, huh? Stuffing. Um, yeah, I can take that or leave it too. Uh, lefsa. I've got to have lefsa. Um, and then, you know, after all that is finished, you know, and you're completely stuffed, you know, you can't hardly walk anymore. You're getting ready to move over to the couch and just kind of lay down and tell nobody to move you. Then the pie comes out, you know, piece of pie, a couple scoops of ice cream. 
Has anyone ever told you that the purpose of, thing, uh, uh, the purpose of Thanksgiving holiday? Somehow I missed that when I was growing up. Probably wasn't paying attention. Um, you know, I guess when I was asked somebody about it, they said something like, you know, the pilgrims, right? Um, but it wasn't until I was older that I really got to thinking about that, you know, what that first Thanksgiving was probably like, a celebration. It was like a feast. It was, it was a victory because the pilgrims had safely made it to a new land and they had, had escaped the tyranny of Europe. And I think that that's really the tone of this psalm here when we read this, Psalm 100. You, you, you probably noticed that Psalm 100 talks about praise really as much as it does about thanksgiving. Anybody see that? I, I think that that's you know, right, rightfully so, because if you were to ever ask somebody to give you a praise, um, you know, I know that we've tried this exercise for probably most of our time of ministry as worship leaders as everything would say, hey, let's give a praise to God. And people said, God, thank you for... Or we'll say something like, let's, let's uh, share some of our things that we're thankful for. And they'll say, God, um, you know, you are awesome today. You know, and they'll give some kind of a praise. And that, that's what happens. Sometimes it, it you know, and, and I think that the reason for that is, is that, you know, that when you share, ask for a thanksgiving, somebody gives a praise. When you ask for a praise, somebody gives a thanksgiving. I think as the two of them really kind of are complementary. They, they really work together. They go hand in hand. But I want you to notice something, though. And if you have your Bibles there, it's also written on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, the heading above the 100th Psalm, it actually says something like this, a psalm for giving thanks. That's what it says in the NIV. In the RSV, it says something like a psalm for the thank offering. Now, what does that mean? In the Hebrew Bible, uh, this is, it's more than just a footnote. Really, it's, it's more than just an afterthought. It actually is part of verse number one. And it says a psalm for the thank offering. And, and, and the weird thing is, is this, is did you know that God had to actually make it a law for the Israelites? This blows me away. He had to give them a law for them to actually give him thanks. Right? He had to make it a law. I'll let you look it up, but it's found in the second chapter of the book of Leviticus, and elsewhere uh, it, it talks about it where he talks, where it's, it's talking about grain offerings. It was an offering for the purpose of giving thanks to God. And God spells it out in, in, in detail, and he does it really clearly. Uh, the Israelites are to remember all the things that he has done, and they are to have a feast for that very purpose. Well, see, they get to, they get to benefit from that, right? That's pretty exciting. But he, they're to have a feast for, the very purpose, for that very purpose, and then they're to offer their first fruits of what they have to God to remind them of how truly blessed they are. God had to make a rule. Now, does that seem odd? Say, yes. Yeah. Right? It seems odd. It, David... I think has a similar offering of thanks in the 16th chapter of the book of 1 Chronicles. You can turn there if you'd like. It's right after they recaptured the Ark of the Covenant. And, of course, the, the Ark of the Covenant representing the very presence of God. And, and, and they brought the Ark back to Jerusalem. And David said to the people this. Look what he says. He says in verse number 8, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8. 
He said, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all of his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgment he pronounced. And we have to understand that their reason for rejoicing was that the recapturing of the ark symbolized that God was once again in their presence. It was a victory. It was a time for celebration. You know, so I, I ask myself that question oftentimes. You know, when, when was the last time, and maybe ask it of each other, when was the last time that you felt... You were so awed by God's presence and for all that he has done in your life that you fell down on your face to give thanks to him. That you were moved so much. You know, I, I think that oftentimes, Susan kind of hinted at it, I don't know if you caught it or not, um, but we oftentimes, I think we think that something has to be pretty big before we can actually be thankful. We have to have a, a, a momentous, uh, something big happening in our lives before we can actually you know, share the thing. You know, small things. There's a lot of small things that we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for butterflies. Not in, not in January, though. We can be thankful for a chance to go fishing. Right? We can be thankful for... Being able to go to the movies. Uh, thinking about a couple of things. Uh, thing that we just, as a family, went to the movies uh, about a week ago. Um, we can thankful, be thankful that the Minnesota Vikings have made it this far in the playoffs. And the right? And the Eagles. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think the Eagles have a better record than the Vikings do in terms of the playoffs. Um, we'll see how they do today. I, I notice I didn't say, hey, they're going to, I'm, I'm not making any predictions. Uh, um, my point is, though, is that, that something, it, it doesn't have to be a real big, something doesn't have to be real big in our lives in order to give God our thanks. Uh, Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And then if that wasn't enough, he then he had to remind them, and he just said something like this. He said, he, he, he had to remind them of what he just said. He said, you know, guys, if you didn't hear me the first time, let me just repeat myself. Rejoice in the Lord at all times. And then he goes on to say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, you, know, you don't have to be going through a, a good time to be giving thanks to God. But how can we give thanks when life is so awful? Let me just say it again, he says. Rejoice. I like the way that James puts it. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
And then perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, I know that Thanksgiving doesn't appear there, right? But it's written all over that passage. It's written all over that page because how do you express joy by showing a gratitude for what you have? James tells us that we aren't to focus on the things that we don't have, but actually to focus on all that we do have in Jesus Christ. And all that we, we have in Christ Jesus far outweighs all the trials that, that we have in this world. I, I, I just think that sometimes it's so hard to be thankful. And, and, and I want to kind of maybe throw something at you here. If you want to open your Bibles to uh, turn to, to Luke chapter 10, I think that there's reason, there's at least a couple of reasons why it's hard to be thankful. Um, uh, it's, whether it's big things or whether it's small things. But see, I think that God asks of us the same things that he asked of the Israelites. He wants us to be thankful for all that he has done for us, even the little things, and he wants us to do that in all circumstances. But Luke chapter 10, it's the story of Mary and Martha. I want you to look at that, verse number 38. As Jesus and his disciples, it says in verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who, at the Lord's, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I don't know what the name of this disease is that, uh, that, that uh, Martha has, but the symptoms, I think, sometimes usually include being very always busy, right? Yeah, you never have a spare moment. I mean, you're kind of busy where people look at you in admiration and they say, oh, would you look at that? He works so hard. She works so hard, right? And, and we have, I think, sometimes this built-in mentality today that says, unless I'm busy, unless I'm uh, my, my hand, I'm not normal if I'm not moving, if I'm not doing something. If I'm not busy, then I must be lazy. And, and because of that atti this, this attitude that we have in our, in our society, in our in our culture of rush, 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 you know, got to get here, got to go there, got to get this done. It's all right for me then to be so fatigued. Um, I, I fall into bed at night and I think, oh man, another day. Busy, busy, dreadfully busy. Who said that? Is it the B? It just came to mind. Busy, busy, dreaded. Anybody know? Anyway, it's obvious though because, uh, but a second, uh, the, the second symptom I think of this unknown disease, I won't, I don't know what it is, uh, is that you don't smile at all, right? Um, it's the kind of person I think who is so busy that if there's nothing going on that they worry because there's, there's nothing going on and, and, and that there ought to be something going on. And because they are so busy, everyone else is caught Everybody else ought to be busy. Um, and believe it or not, I think, I think that sometimes that happens in the church, that um, you, you come home after church or 
Um, you say to your husband, you say to your wife, you know, do you know how many people in the church, you know, just, who, who just don't do anything? Um, there are three people that are putting up chairs and I was one of them. And everyone else left and I had to clean it up or something, you know. And, and you go to Jesus and you say, excuse me, may I speak to you? I, I don't want to name names, but, um, well, I have a sister, okay? Uh, we'll just call her Mary, okay? Um, I work, and I work, and I work, and I work, and, uh, and I'm not here for thanks, but that, that's not what I want. But will you please say something to her about sitting around? And I love the way the Lord puts his arm around Mary, or around Martha. And he says two words. Martha? And she's still not paying attention, right? Martha, you are worried. You are so upset about many things. See, I, I get so worried about so many things, things that need to be done, things that aren't being done, that I'm worried about my schedule. I'm worried about, I'm worried about all the things around me. And the Lord says to me, Paul, Paul, you're so busy running and worried that you don't ever have time for important things. And that is a Paul who has time to see how much I have done for you. See, I think the reason, or at least one reason, or many, much of the reason why some of us have such a hard time being thankful or acting thankful is that we, have spent, we haven't spent enough time with the Lord. And maybe it's not that we're so busy. Maybe we just spend... Uh, an awful lot of time worrying about about life, uh, about life that that, we, that that you're unable to find the time to just sit. And I I love the time uh, the lines sit at his feet. I remember from when I first became a Christian, or when I first started acting upon my Christian faith, how. The, the idea of quiet time and the idea of meditating on God's Word was so valuable. And it still is today, but, but sometimes I think we forget that. Mary wasn't worried about anything else. She was just sitting at Jesus' feet. And see, it's, I, I think it's hard for me to be thankful when I get so busy with other things. It's hard for me to be thankful when I have all these things on my mind and I'm just so worried about everything. Or I've got all these problems and I'm, I'm so used to looking at them that I fail to appreciate just how wonderful it is just to sit at Jesus' feet and to appreciate just how much He has already done for me. Let me just give you a couple closing, thought, closing thoughts. See, I'm not denying that there might be times in our lives where, where, where we can be very busy people. And I'm not even suggesting that, that there's something wrong with us if we have any, some kind of problems. The Bible tells us, obviously, to, uh, um, it, it tells us to cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. Uh, we all have different times in our lives when we have problems. There's, there's no denying that. But it's, it's when we become so engrossed with life that it becomes hard to be thankful with, with, with stuff that's going on around us. And, and would, would you agree with that? When we just get so focused on everything, would you also agree that, that we don't spend as much time giving thanks as we should? But we have a cause for celebration. 
right now. We don't have to wait for something big to happen in our lives before we can express to God how truly appreciate of things we are, of Him, of all of His blessings. In fact, we might think that this sermon might be a good one to preach on Thanksgiving. You know, I wrestle with that. I'm just thinking about that. I'm thinking, you know, I could save this. <laughs> and, you know, I think that I, I've done a few of those where we preached on, we preached on, uh, at Christmas time, we preached an Easter sermon, and on, on Easter we preached, a, we talked about the birth of Christ, and I think that that's so important. We, we get so kind of channeled into certain things, and Thanksgiving, you can only, well, and actually, you know, you can only talk about money during Thanksgiving, to, or during the month of November, right? That's when you do that, and you talk about Thanksgiving. At, um, you can only talk about freedom on July 4th. Um, actually, we can talk about Thanksgiving anytime. We don't have to wait till Thanksgiving to, 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 to talk about how important it is. I can, um, we don't have to wait that long to, to thank Him. And I'd just like to close, um, maybe in a word of prayer, we, we focused our, our, our time on, um, for a prayer time on the sanctity of life um, and thinking about that and making that our focus. And I just want to close out, and I, we can make that part of our worship right now, but just to ask you to simply do this. We'll quiet the room, and I just want you to say a short thank you, God, for, and then I'll close. Will that work? Let's try it once. Let's pray.
Father, we just worship you with our thanksgiving. We just celebrate you. We thank you for all that you do for your provision. We thank you for just being there for us and for um, just every day. I thank you for things as simple as just the, the smell of the morning and um, the sun waking up and, and the moon that lights the sky at night. And um, God, for children around us, small as well as big, and um, for, um, for each other, for this church, for um, just uh, being present in our lives. God, we love you so much, and we worship you, and pray, God, that you would always help us to recognize um, who you are and, and what we ought to be thankful for. It's so hard, I think, personally. Um, and it's, it's a confession I have that it's, it's hard to be thankful. It's easy to say those words, but not really to, to really digest them and to think about them in my heart. Um, just to say those words because um, I'm used to it, but, but to not really truly be thankful. And I pray that you would change that in me, that you would change that in every one of us uh, to recognize how great we have it. And I think that even as, as a result of our life in Jesus Christ, how truly wonderful we really do have it. Um, that we can rejoice in the midst of trials even. What an amazing thing because we have hope beyond this life, life eternal. And that should excite us. And our thankfulness ought to just be bursting out and, and coming forth and just bubbling to the point that the people around us ought to be able to see that in our lives and want that. So help us to be thankful people, to not look at the downside of things, the negative side of things, but to recognize the benefits that we have that you've given to us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this together.